From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Barn, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here on this uh, Thursday morning, at least from a schedule standpoint, a day away from Ole Miss and Arizona. That is at 6 o'clock Central Time tomorrow from Coral Gables, Florida. The opener, Miami and Canisius, playing at 11 a.m. Central Time to uh, open the regional. But again, uh, the tropical depression that is potentially hitting South Beach uh, is an issue for that this weekend, at least Friday and Saturday. Remember, they can go into at least Tuesday with games. There's protocol for all that. I actually saw a ridiculously long list of how exactly what days would the games would happen if certain rainouts happen. It's it's all mapped out. So the NCAA very organized when it comes to uh, to that. So we'll um, we're not going to go over that today. But while we'll post it on the board at some point. We'll wrap up Destin. We'll look at some uh, some football. The Athletic uh, did their kind of state of the program on Ole Miss. I guess it published last night or this morning, one or the other. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, whatever else pops up on this uh, on this Thursday morning podcast, brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. We'll get some uh, more summer specials to you soon. But just remember, when you go in, get the lunch specials for five sixty nine, two sides bread, thirty two ounce drink, and you got to fill up with gas. Gas price is not really good anywhere right now. But with the Oxford Exxon, they're trying to help you out. They give you a thousand bonus points when you download the Exxon Mobile app. It's ten free dollars when you uh, when you do that. You fill it up at the pump. You sign up. Again, all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi, up and down I-55, throughout North Mississippi, and then locally here with the Blue Sky in Oxford. And we're coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Well, we are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Uh, great place to grab a po' boy, an appetizer, Full bar, great beer selection, and more. And then don't forget Rafters on the Water this weekend out at Sardis and Rafters New Albany. Around just the uh, the landscape today, you got Game One of the NBA Finals tonight. That is uh, said it said it's in in California. They're open yeah, up there, okay. San Francisco. So they uh, they do that. Last night, Rangers win uh, <clears throat> to open up their uh, their semifinal in uh, in the NHL. Pretty crazy crowd. I actually saw a good bit of Ranger stuff. Last night and this morning from uh, from there, um, I'm just doing a little quick scan through uh, some different uh, some different things. Uh, Madden NFL. I know everybody wants about the cover. They're putting John Madden on the cover this year after uh, after his passing. That's not a surprise at uh, at all. Um, some dudes golf. Nobody cared at all about that match yesterday between quarterbacks. I mean, it got no traction that I could tell whatsoever. Really, what match? exactly. See, there you go. No, seriously. Uh, no, they did one of those golf charity things yesterday, like the Capital One, the match or whatever, uh-huh. and it was Brady and Rodgers against Mahomes and Josh Allen. Oh, okay. And, I mean, when I say no traction, it got no traction. So, yeah, I, I saw – I mean, 
I follow a ton of golf accounts, and they were not even really really talking about it. It was on TNT at like, I don't know, 4.30, 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, 6 o'clock, something like that. And I saw, I mean, very, 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 yeah. I mean, The Athletic just says it was fine. Bill Mickelson, Charles Barkley, they are the stars of those things. They have to carry them. Yeah. The four quarterbacks playing average to above average golf is not is not carrying it. So you would think TV would kind of figure that out and go, hey, there's some personalities here that are required for these type of events. They can be really good, but they can be absolute duds at the same time. Yeah, I, I and, knew nothing about that. And feels a little busy from a PR standpoint right now. So he was not available. Um He's playing in Saudi Arabia, right? He is not technically on the roster yet. Oh, is he not? No, that's what's okay. been weird about it. Um, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. The numbers um, have – I don't know how accurate they are, but I've seen reports that Dustin Johnson, to play on this tour, is getting somewhere between 125 and $150 million. Um, Good for him. There's, uh, there is the price of what it uh, – I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 it, – it, it's fascinating to me. It's not worth talking about today, but I mean, it, it it's it's interesting. It's it, from a, from a deep dive level of what it means for, frankly, sports, but golf in general. It's uh pretty crazy. So, literally, the only thing I did yesterday, I actually did watch the verdict on Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, because I like to watch Rakita Law sometimes. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They've changed the way you watch trials. Sure. Yeah. Because you don't get the media stuff. You just it's a YouTube get, account for anybody. Yeah, it's a YouTube know. account that he had. 105,000 people streaming at the time. Yeah. He's making some coin. He's making some coin. I mean, the, the, super, last the super chats rolling in were off With the all charts. the things going on in our justice system over the last year, it, is, it has changed his life. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Their, their ability to monetize and get interaction off of all the crazy trials and things that we've had over the last 12 to 18 months. Have, yeah. Because they did the the Chauvin trial for sure. They did the Chauvin that trial. That one kind of. Yeah, they did the they did the Rittenhouse trial. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then there was another one. Oh, the uh, the other police officer, the female police officer in Minnesota. They did oh, her, right, her trial. Right, right. That's right. And it was it was really interesting because there was a lot of debate among his guests about culpability and all the legal stuff, and it was pretty interesting. And they. Anyway, they did. This one was a totally different kind of trial, obviously, because it was civil. I never followed it until yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just yesterday. I didn't even know what it was. I could not gauge any interest at all. I mean, I just couldn't care. It, it would not be something that I could even make myself kind of. Care I didn't about. even know what it was about until yesterday. When I was listening to the verdict being read, they kept saying Washington Post, and I was like, oh, I must have missed out on this because I would have liked to know what that was about. So I went and read yeah. more at that point. Anyway. For, for anybody who's been under a rock, they awarded uh, Depp ten million in compensatory damages, five million in punitive damages, and Amber Heard uh, two million in compensatory damages. So plus thirteen for Depp in the trial. Yeah, when it first came back, they didn't fill out the verdict form correctly, so they had to send them back in. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it was good for for all the people covering the thing because they get get a little juice, oh, get more people built yeah. up. They needed that one. That was that was that was good. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't I could not drum up drum up care in this one at all. I mean, just I I didn't even really try. I never even really turned it on to to give it an effort where you go, hey, let me see if I can lock into this and give a crap because at the end of the day, I watch less television now. 
than I have at any point of my Uh, life. uh, And that includes streaming and anything else. I I just don't watch a lot anymore. I'll run across shows that I will get through, but I'm not just binging them night after night after night. And there will be days where the TV doesn't go on. Yeah. Like Carly Ann will have stuff on, but like as far as me watching something, I mean, no. Yeah. Not really. I don't know if it's good, bad, just a sign of the times. I don't know what it means, but... I wrote this because I don't my, think I'm overly abnormal. I wrote this in my mailbag. I've never had a summer where I watched less baseball than I have this time. Well, that's probably worth some. That's probably I've, substantial I've, for I'm, some I'm reason. I'm less engaged. I, 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 it's eight nineteen in the morning. Mm-hmm. The Cubs played last night, and I have no idea if they won. And that's not a common. Thing. No, that's not normal for me. You would at least. Oh, I, I would have known. I would have at least been following along. If I wasn't watching, I would have had the pitch by pitch up on my phone or something. Oh, would you really? Yeah. Not to keep up with every pitch, but to be able to look at it at 920 and go, oh, they're up 4-2 to two in the 7th. Or they're down 6-1 to one in the 8th or whatnot. I had no idea. I, I, I guess they still were playing Milwaukee last night. I have, they beat the Brewers 4-3 to three in 10 innings last night. Well, how about that? Good for yes. them. Yes. Um, they had a sack fly in the 10th to win uh, – Lighter got the win. First one in the season. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. The Cubs are now 21 and 29 on the season. Yeah. The Brewers are now 32 and 20 on the season. Okay. The Cardinals won last night, too. No good for them. The Pirates won last night, too. They beat the Dodgers. Pirates beat the Dodgers. They did. Eight to four. You never know in baseball. They swept LA. Really? Yeah. Good for them. Hey, Pirates 22 and 27. Yeah, no, they've got they've got a couple of good young players. I mean, they're not good. But. Charlie Hayes kid is the third baseman for the Pirates. Really? Yeah. And oh god. And he's terrific. Seriously? Yeah, he's a fantastic player. I love him. Yeah. Charlie Hayes kid plays for them. Yeah. Is there a specific junior or kid that is playing that we're like, wow, is that that wow, I'm old? Is there one specifically that kind of got you a little more? I mean, there's a bunch of them. Um I don't know. I'd have to think about it. That That's one. Um, hell, I remember when Ken Griffey Sr. played. I mean, he was playing for the Reds when I was a kid. So, there's a there's Mark Leiter Jr. Well, say like Leiter Jr. has been around for a few years. It's not brand new. I mean, he he, he debuted probably five years ago. Yeah, but still, remember, Mark Leiter, Leiter's kid. I remember his dad's career. I remember his uncle's career. Sure. Yeah. Probably be a jack lighter here soon, too. I would think. I wonder where he is right now. Is he double A? I don't know where Jack's at. Yeah, I don't know. I like his chances. It's going to be all right. Whatever happened to Rockers, Kumar? I guess he's waiting to, for the next draft. Yeah, I guess. No, he signed a, He signed with an independent team finally, but yeah. But he's draft eligible again. That's correct, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Cole points out. I mean, yeah, Jared Washburn's kid plays for Ole Miss. I mean, he hadn't been gone that long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I couldn't get. I've never gotten into Stranger Things. I've got friends that tell me I would I would like it if I really gave it a chance, but I I have not given it a chance. I think I watched half of the pilot, and that's maybe yeah, it. I've never watched it. Do you call Do you call it a pilot if it's Netflix streamed, where you're guaranteed a season? Technically, it wouldn't be. It'd just be the debut episode. It wouldn't be a pilot because right. it's not being tested, picked up. Yeah, I've never watched Stranger Things. I don't even know what it's about. 
I think people in my house have watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, but I haven't. We have a lot today, guys. I'm really, really excited. We've got, got, got a lot of show for you today. Um, a, lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, not a shock here. There are a couple things. Um, Greg Sankey saying basically that they are uh, satisfied with Nashville to the point that the SEC men's basketball tournament is not going to move for a really long time. It yeah. is uh, It is in place from 2023 to 2028 already, and then the SEC has another five-year option that Sankey essentially said they would exercise, barring something crazy yesterday. I did see where the coaches want to move the tournament up a day. Saturday. They want to, yeah. Why? Uh, the two teams that, well, it's for a number of reasons. Okay. The teams that play on Sunday are at somewhat of a disadvantage. You play on Sunday, and then if you play on Thursday in the NCAA tournament, you go back for a day, and then you're back. To, you have to head to the NCAA site on Tuesday. It's kind of hectic, and if you're not kind of laser focused, you can get popped in the first round. That's happened some. I think they look around, they see that the ACC plays on Saturday, the Big East plays on Saturday. I think they view that as a, as an advantage. If you're a semifinal team and you lose on Friday. You're in the tournament um, almost always, and now you have a six day get home and still got a few days at home before you have to fly yeah, out. Get a chance to kind of recoup a day, as opposed to you know if you're playing an SEC, if you lose in an SEC semifinal, you're not getting back to your place until late Saturday, which then you spend selection Sunday. It's a quick turnaround. I thought that was interesting. Sankey was like, "It's going to take a little work because the contracts are done." That's that's been. I did not sense optimism on that. I felt like Sankey was almost saying, "Hey, right now that's not doable." Yeah, maybe on the next contract, but not this one. Yeah, which has what left? Do we know? Is that in with the rights yeah. stuff through twenty twenty four? I think so. I think so. So maybe in a couple of years. I've always thought. What makes Nashville right for this? This location, it's yeah. perfect. Um, it's downtown. For fans, there's a bunch of places they can go, and there's bars and stuff. That was the problem with like St. Louis that year is just wasn't a good location. It's not centrally located. Let's be real. You know Kentucky's going to be in it most years. The whole Rupp South thing is mm-hmm. good for the tournament. Oh, that's fine. Tennessee's good. When they're good, they bring a lot of fans. Um, you know, it's not – it's not a bad trip for Mississippi State, for Ole Miss, for Arkansas, for uh, South Carolina. I mean, all those teams. It's not a terrible trip to Nashville. Everybody likes Nashville. There's a big airport, the whole deal. It's just kind of centrally located. It just works. And they're leaving it there is smart. It kind of becomes a tradition. It's a perfect arena for a basketball tournament. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played with it when, once it started to work. I, moving it to New Orleans do, doesn't work. I, I don't know what Tampa was like. The problem for Tampa is it's hard for a lot of fans to get to Tampa. Yeah, that that never that didn't feel right. It's been in Tampa once, twice, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So I think all three are basically pretty set. I mean, football's not leaving Atlanta. Baseball's in Hoover, and then now basketball in Asheville. I think that's what we can come to expect for a while, barring something crazy. Because yeah. I definitely don't think football's moving. No. No, football's not moving. Once you get to the point of being synonymous, that's pretty well, much it. Comes, once it becomes a tradition yeah, where people like it. But I can see where a Saturday night SEC championship game in Nashville 
the tournament. I could see where that would be cool, be a TV thing. It's cool for the ACC. People know to watch that game on Saturday night. One thing that was interesting, and there's a couple different topics to this, uh, they do not anticipate the SEC voting on this football schedule thing. Um, they also did not, before the coaches left town, which they've, they've gone now, they are not um, – they did not vote on the transfer portal situation, which means it will remain as it is. Um, February 1st being the deadline for an SEC player to get in the portal if he plans to transfer to another SEC school. Again, national rule, May 1st, but February 1st for SEC players. That did not even come to a vote um, while the coaches were in town this week. And then something that – I guess Scott Strickland was the one that said it, and this should have been the clue from the very beginning that most media didn't really run down and think about – is one of the reasons why this nine-game model is going to work, in addition to just extra money, is that it cuts down on an equity for the schools that play these neutral site games because it will allow Texas and Oklahoma and Florida and Georgia to play neutral site games and not be two games behind most other people right. in number of home games. There will be years, if you did the eight-game model, where they would only have three home games inside the league instead of four or five, depending on. So you'd have a lot of teams with five, and you'd have these four teams with three, potentially, depending on the year that was going on. They said they kind of cleaned that up, and I thought, okay, well, that's four pretty good power brokers, too. We already knew this anyway. Even without that, this is not the reason the nine game is going to pass, but it was another kind of log on the fire pushing it in that direction, which we're we're still arguing over tiebreakers, still arguing over a lot of different semantics inside this thing, but it, it feels almost a certainty at this point that the league is going to go to a 3-6 model and play nine games. The argument appears to be whether they're keeping the Power 5 game or not in addition, and I think they end up will, is my guess. Yes. That is what it feels like. That is what I absolutely expect. Yeah. So you have 10 Power 5 games and you do whatever the hell you want with the other two. The people that are arguing against the Power 5 game in addition to nine games, we're about to have a storm here. In yeah, that got a little wild. Was... Yeah. Um, are typically coaches who are worried about win-loss record. TV wants it. ADs want it. Ticket people want it. Budget people want it. You need a strong schedule these days. You need an attractive home schedule if you're going to sell season tickets. Sure. You need an attractive Today home more schedule. Than ever. Yeah, Scott Strickland, the LaForda AD, talked about this. There, he saw an uptick at Florida when Alabama would come to town, when Auburn came to town. There was an excitement that accompanied those games. You got to have more than hey, this is the year Kentucky comes. Hey, this is the year Tennessee comes. Yeah, our fans are used to that. You've got Vanderbilt. I mean, yeah, you got to bring new stuff. You got to have new stuff. And three six is going to happen. I think they're going to keep the power five in place, and I think they should, because eventually the playoffs going to expand, and having one loss isn't one loss now isn't the end of the world. But they're no. they're going to expand the playoff. It's it's going to happen. No, you can have three losses and get in the playoff at that point. Yeah. Three. And people say, well, that ruins the regular season. No, it doesn't. 
No, it, it just doesn't. If anything, it brings more teams into the fray where you're worried about more games in the regular season. There's more meaningful games in November. And the team that's finishing 30th, they're still chasing the same goal. They're still trying to get to the Music City Bowl or the Outback Bowl or yeah. the what, Tampa Bowl or whatever the hell it is. Well, we talked about this earlier in the year, so it's kind of beating a horse, I suppose, but the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, which was a big game here because game day was here and all of that stuff, had – had that game, had there been a 12-team playoff in place, that game would have been huge mm-hmm. nationally. As it was, it was big, but it you know, it was big for getting a Sugar Bowl bid, but not in terms of chasing a national championship. You know, that game had no real impact on the national title chase. Right. Continue this conversation in a second. First, about Johnson Hill Creamery. Johnson Hill Creamery, artisanal cheese and fermentations here locally in Oxford. It's on White Oak Lane, just off Molly Bar. Charcuterie, bakery, catering, grazing, and more. You give them a call at 662-419-9201. Our cheese at johnsonhillcreamery.com. Remember, they have a great lunch menu. It's now available for delivery in Oxford. You can do that through Fetched. You can go online. You can find information about that on their Instagram page, as well as uh, photos of a lot of the different items they do, including the charcuterie trays. They're homemade cheeses they make in-house every single day and more. So that's Johnson Hill Creamery, again, here in Oxford, 662-419-9201. Brought to you by Holcomb Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb, Mississippi. At Holcomb Portable Buildings, they custom build your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, ATV or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings. Holcomb Portable Buildings can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, and the doors, and Holcomb Portable Buildings makes it happen. In-house financing is available. Uh, Free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Holcomb. For more information, call 662-226-2233 or go to holcombbuildings.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. Did you know that Dead Soxie makes custom socks? Whether you're rallying the team or building an empire where you put your logo matters, you can't afford to put it on half-rate swag. Dead Soxy will help you create premium custom socks that you can stake your reputation on. Custom socks just might be the best promotional product that uh, you've never tried. Think about it. Every person you know wears socks every day. They wear their favorite pairs a lot. On top of that, cool custom socks will make a lasting impression on clients, investors, employees, and donors. Don't worry about not having design skills. Dead Soxy does it all, and design is always free. Just share your vision, and they'll bring it to life. Uh, best of all, Dead Soxy uh, is the same premium retail quality Dead Soxy socks that they're known for, but these are designed for you with your logo. Get your project started today at deadsoxy.com backslash custom to check out what they do with custom socks. Mention you heard about this ad on Rebel Grove and MPW Digital. Get $100 off all custom orders at deadsoxy.com backslash custom. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market today to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next place. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Uh, Automation and Control Systems, LLC based out of Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to acsllcms.com or call 
601-436-6081. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. Right there on South Lamar and Oxford. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. They also will take care of everything to get you uh, switched over from the Big Box brand. Use a local pharmacy that cares about you. Again, you just make a call, 662-236-2222, and they take care of the rest. Also, med packs are becoming increasingly popular, especially for those helping their parents manage their medications. You know we're talking about. Med, ca- med packs are monthly pill planners that are prepackaged by the pharmacy by date and time. Each pouch is followed by an evening pouch and so on. The guys over Tyson Drugs have been offering them for over a decade, and now they're available in Oxford as well through G&M on South Lamar. Again, one more time, 662-236-2222. So, Friend sent this to me last night. I saw this. Thought it was interesting. Uh, SEC football's last ten win season. I guess we knew this. I mean, we really thought through it in your head. This would make sense. But Tennessee's run here of mediocrity of the fourteen SEC schools, Tennessee thirteenth, and how long it has been since they've had a ten win season or greater? Two thousand seven. Oh yeah. Two thousand seven. But fifteen seasons since they have won ten games in a season. And that's the only one they've so had. So nine and four is their best season since 07. Assuming they've gone nine and four. Vanderbilt has never had a 10-win season. They had they did go nine and four twice under James Franklin, so I, that really should just count for 10 wins. He should have gotten National Coach of the Year. He really should have. I mean, nine and four at Vanderbilt. I that's mean, a just, win. Just <laughs> We'll take that. Yeah, uh, obviously last season there were four 10-win teams in the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. They all win 10 games. Uh, LSU did it in 19, obviously, when they had Burrow and the boys and won the national title. Florida did it in 19. Auburn, 2017. Missouri, 2014. Mississippi State, 2014. South Carolina, 2013. Texas A&M, 2012. Arkansas, 2011. And Tennessee, 2007. There's that. I guess South Carolina's was they they win the East. They didn't win the East in thirteen, right? That was earlier. I don't remember. I don't think so. They just won ten games. I don't know. Was that like Jadavion Clowney? You're asking me questions I can't answer. You're an SEC football historian. I'm no. I'm I'm truly I'm trying not. to get all your answers there. I'm, I'm truly I'm, not. <laughs> I'm really not. South Carolina went 11-2 and two in 2013. Oh, how about that? They lost to Georgia in Athens 41-30, to and they lost at Tennessee 23-21. to They went 10-2 and two in the regular season, and then they beat number 19 Wisconsin in the Citrus Bowl 34-24. Oh. They did not represent the SEC in the, in the championship game. They've never been to the championship game, have they? They went under Spurrier once. They get beat by Auburn. Grind, is that right? I feel like maybe that was correct. I think probably a game that I covered. I don't remember it. I I, I think I'm I'm I feel kind of sure, right? I've been to about ten of those, but I don't I can't remember who all. Have you been that many? Yeah, I've been to a bunch. Who have you seen play the most? Alabama. I guess Alabama, Florida. Yeah, probably. Is that right? Covered Auburn in it twice, maybe. I don't know. LSU a few times. You were just covering it. Like, uh, yeah, 2010, Cam's year. Auburn beat South Carolina 56-17 to in the SEC Championship game. Oh. That wasn't very competitive. 
It was not very competitive. The 2010 South Carolina team, that, well, well, they lost. They lost three games in regular season and then lost two more. They lost the championship game to Auburn and then got beat in uh, the Chick-fil-A Bowl in a bowl game. So a little bit of a, a dud finish there for the Gamecocks. They went 9-5 and five on the season. They represented the SEC at five and three, East and at 5-3. and three. You tell a team before the year, you guys are going to lose five games. They're not thinking, hey, we're going to Atlanta. Yeah, they went they went five and three in the SEC, and then Florida went four and four. Georgia went three and five. Tennessee went three and five. Kentucky went two and six, and Vanderbilt went one and seven. Interesting. Yes, because on the other side, while only one team had a winning record in the East, on the other side, Auburn went eight and zero. Arkansas went six and two. LSU went six and two. Alabama went five and three. State went four and four, and Ole Miss went zero oh and seven. Oh, and seven? I don't know. It's Remember, we've got sanctions and stuff. I oh, guess. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. There's an asterisk next to Ole Miss. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they technically – never mind. They did win games. This was 2010. They beat Kentucky and somebody else, right? They beat Vanderbilt in 10? 10. I, I, seems like they did. They beat – they beat Kentucky. No, Kentucky was their only SEC win. Okay. Their four wins, this is the Masoli year. <laughs> their four wins were at Tulane, Fresno, at home, Kentucky, and then Louisiana Lafayette. But all the stuff's vacated, so it's weird. I guess if you win a conference game, you don't lose it. It just goes away, and they lost the other ones. So you went 0-7, and, and with Kentucky being one that just disappears from the annals. That was the game where Kentucky almost made the comeback because they just kept throwing at Julian Whitehead over and over and over and over again down the field. That was the game where I had to go down and be the photographer for the first half, and I came. So I I did all that work, and it didn't count. It was forty-two to thirty-five, Ole Miss final. Yeah, I do remember that at the end. Like it didn't look promising. No. If there was just a few more seconds on that clock. It got a little got a little hairy there late. Um, but yes, that was the year that Ole Miss broke out the all grays. Against Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't go well either. <laughs> they scored 31, 51-31. They actually had some points put up every once in a while because of Masoli. I mean, he would carry them yeah. through. I, I mean, they had, they, some, they had some talent on that team. I mean, they got beat by LSU in Baton Rouge, 43-36. Yeah, they scared got, the hell out of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Kind of got screwed on a call. Marquise Summers diving in the end zone. Yeah. That was that night, I think. And the Fayette, sure. the Fayetteville game was there was the the, the, lightning the, the weather delay. Yeah. They actually lost to Vanderbilt twenty eight to fourteen at home. Talk about one to forget. <laughs> like that I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about that football game. Twenty eight fourteen Vanderbilt two thousand ten in Oxford. We were both there, obviously. I know nothing. Nothing. I, I recall nothing about that. I mean we do this a lot. So I'm not going to do it now, but Jeremiah Masoli extended that era by a year. You really think he would have been fired that fast? See, I don't. He goes to freaking back to back cotton. I know, do the voice, but yeah, but it was bad. But one year after, yeah, but you could see it. They weren't recruiting. You think Pete Boone was firing him one year after two Cotton Bowls? I don't. Know, this is Pete. I don't know what choice he would have had if they'd gone one and eleven. Now, 11 would have been even more of a show than it was. 
because I do think I do think Pete wanted to fire him at in Nashville at that Vanderbilt game in '11, which was September. Well, I mean, do some math here, and again, I, we will stop. But it's <laughs> June second, so whatever. You guys are more interested in this than half the stuff we talk about. They lose to Jacksonville State, and under your premise, without Masoli, it's possible they lose to Tulane. Sure, it's possible. They won twenty-seven to thirteen. Absolutely possible. And then they lost to Vanderbilt. So the mood in Oxford off back-to-back Cotton Bowls in 2010 at 0-3 with losses to Jacksonville State, Tulane, and Vanderbilt. Yeah. You tell me, take Masoli off that team. And then Nutt bragging about a Fresno State win. They, they probably well, they still don't, beat and they Fresno don't beat State. Fresno. They ran all over them. I think they still beat Fresno. Remember, Bolden ran for like three okay. bills. All right, so I'm going to give them the Fresno yeah. game. One now they don't beat Kentucky, though. No. Because it was 42-35, they'd outscore the Wildcats. No, they would have lost. They would have lost every league game. And then they actually played Alabama well. They got beat 23-10. to I don't recall anything about that either. It was in Tuscaloosa. I don't remember I don't remember game. anything about it. And then Arkansas, Auburn, they beat Lafayette. And then they finish up that game in Knoxville I was at where they just got destroyed by Derek Dooley and the Volunteers. Because Masoli got hurt. He did. Yeah. And that was coming. And Davern Gerald's broke his leg. Oh, yeah. Um, and then LSU and Mississippi State to close. I mean, seriously, 0-3, Jacksonville State, Tulane, and Vanderbilt. That's got to be one of the worst. That would be one of the worst Power 5 Opens ever. I mean, that – Jesus. It was bad. <laughs> All I remember about that two years is I can remember being at, like, preseason camp because it was wide open and we were doing all those videos and stuff and people were trying to say man this team's got a chance to be really good and i would say to you am i missing something and you'd always be like what and i said look nothing like the previous team and i said i said they have no line play at all there's no quarterback what are what am i missing where's this optimism from people coming from because I was being told, you're being negative, you're being negative, you're being negative. Like the coaching staff people were telling me, you're being negative. And I was like, I just don't think you guys are going to be very good. Oh, that is interesting. Who would they have hired after 10 if they had fired him? Because you've got a whole different program at this point. You can easily make the argument Ole Miss benefited greatly by not having to fire him after 10. Yeah, probably so. Because to freeze his credit, he did a really good job early and he did. set that path. Yeah. You're not going to get that probably firing after 10 and whatever you would have hired at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't even start. Yeah, that. there's no way. I because could. like even Larry Fedora hasn't had the big season at Southern yet. Because he won 12 games leading into when he went to North Carolina and Ole Miss hired freeze. He was just kind of okay before that. Yeah, I, I can't even begin to go back 12 years and put together a coaching search. Yeah, I don't remember who who did. I mean, I'm sure there's a link somewhere that would tell me all the coaching hires from that offseason, but I don't have it in front of me at the moment. At the moment, the only thing I really remember about that Jacksonville State game is I just kind of kept waiting on Ole Miss to win. Like it never really clicked they were going to lose the game the whole game. Like even kind of at the end of regulation when, when I know I know they was it fourth and twenty six, fourth and twenty three. What was it? You know they threw the big Cody Blanchard thing and all that. It was, fourth and a lot. Tig celebrating on the field. I mean, it was a little bit of a surreal moment there. Uh, 
I, I never, I guess I had to get into overtime where I, where I went, oh, like even to no point during regulation that I went, okay, it's kind of embarrassing, but they're going to win. Like, sure, whatever. And then I kept going, kept going and kept going. And that was, I mean, it was nuts. Big thing. He wanted to play both quarterbacks and he plays Masoli. He scores and like Stanley fumbled early. Yeah. And that set the whole damn thing in a weird yeah. motion at that point. If you, just leave Jeremiah in the game. Score, it's over right there, probably. Probably so. Just calling it. It's because yeah. it'd been like twenty-one to seven. Okay, fine, whatever. So, yeah, Southern though they were twelve and they were twelve and whatever the next year, right? That was two thousand eleven. Because that's how he got his big come up. Yeah, that's right. Because he interviewed for the Ole Miss job. Yeah, he used the Ole Miss job to get a little more money at Carolina. Because Ole Miss publicized that, right? That was in that video. Well, Ole Miss publicized it because they were getting some criticism for the fact that Ole Miss – because Ole Miss hired Hugh Freeze the day of the Arkansas game in right. 11. Right. That was done. And I think it was a smoke screen and also to make it look like this wasn't a what it was, which was they'd cut a deal with certain prominent boosters. So they didn't interview Dana Holgerson like we had on the front of the site that day. It wasn't they may have talked to him. It was enough for us to put him out. Through an intermediary for a minute. Fine. It's all good. Yeah, that's 2010 is maybe the year of like memory lane where I don't remember much of anything. Any other year I go, oh, yeah, I remember this and this and this was whatever. And no, not not so much. Uh, story of RebelGrub.com, Arizona throwing Garrett Irvin uh, tomorrow. He's the guy that Ole Miss lit up in game two of the Tucson Super Regional last year. They got to him for seven hits, seven runs, and he got four outs against uh, against Ole Miss. Peyton Chatagnier and Jacob Gonzalez both hit home runs there in the first couple innings. He, uh, he's he been good this year. He gave up four home runs to Stanford in 4.1 innings in the Pac-12 championship game last week. But otherwise, this season, he has not allowed more than three earned runs in any start. Throughout his uh, his total of fifteen starts now on the uh, on the year, left hander, upper eighties, big control guy, a lot of change ups, pitching backwards, things that have destroyed Ole Miss at times throughout the last decade or so. So that's what Ole Miss is seeing. Obviously, Ole Miss will throw Delusia, but it's Delusia and Irvin tomorrow from uh, Coral Gables or Saturday or Sunday or whenever that is. What is the feeling among people there about when they're going to play? Nobody expects – I mean, look, I mean, maybe they get lucky. Maybe it turns and goes more toward Fort Myers. There's things in these in these storms that can push it just a little off track in either direction, and you're okay. So, I mean, look, if I'm you told me – weather right now in case sure. you're wondering. If you told me they played – I mean, I wouldn't be just like heads on to the floor surprised, but at the same time, I don't expect it. I think most people later Saturday and into Sunday for the first game. Eddie, if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. Uh, <laughs> um, right now, it's beautiful. It's 84 and fair. So I should have played today. In Coral Gables. They're all there. I mean, um, Tonight. Fired up. 58% chance of rain tonight. tonight? Yes. Oh. Uh, tomorrow, rain, thunderstorms possible, mainly in the afternoon. Okay. Potential for heavy rainfall, high of 79. Chance of rain, 90%. During the day tomorrow. Yes. Friday night, thunderstorms during the evening will give way to a steadier rain and gusty winds overnight. Potential for heavy rainfall. Low of 76. Chance of rain 100%. Oh, okay. 
one to two inches of rain expected. Play through that. On Saturday, watching the tropics, windy with rain. (laughs) I love how you start there, watching the tropics. (laughs) Windy with rain, thunderstorms likely by the evening. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, Windy with rain, then thunderstorms likely by the evening, high of 83, chance of rain 90%. So you're saying there's a chance. Hey. One to two inches of rain expected. Saturday night, thunderstorms in the evening, then mainly cloudy overnight with light rain possible. Low of 76, chance of rain 70%. On Sunday. Uh, Then on Sunday, rain showers in the morning with scattered thunderstorms arriving in the afternoon. High of 88, chance of rain 50%. Uh, Sunday night, scattered thunderstorms in the evening, mainly cloudy late with a few showers, low of 76, chance of rain 40%. And then on uh, Monday, the chance of rain 60%, Monday night 60%, Tuesday 60%. Ooh. I mean, eh. and that is your local on the eights. Probably okay. I don't know. How the hell do you get probably okay from that? At some point. And don't forget, this is run by the NCAA. And so if there is a lightning strike at any... No joke. (laughs) Hey, there's something over Cuba right now. Hey, hold up. I mean, I've told the story. I was covering an Auburn-Tulane super regional or regional. I can't remember which. It was a regional final, I think, in Auburn. And it was sunny skies, and we were in a lightning delay. Well, they did it Ole Miss Washington in 14. It never rained. And we sat in a delay for two hours. Oh, yeah. Chilling. Oh, they'll shut that thing down for 30 minutes. And then there's – it's the south. It's summertime. There's lightning. There's lightning. The atmosphere is kind of ripe. I I hate – I mean, Casey's doing this bit today. I had somebody call me yesterday, but I won't give it away. Um, he goes, you know that rule where uh, you got a – Seven days to decide on Keith's con- Mike's contract, and I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "What if the whole regionals rained out?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I, I, well." I, I was like, "Feels like mediation would happen at some point would, in that one." Where yeah. you go, hold on, like, yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature is not uh, technically. Ole Miss can advance if nothing is played, and it will have been more than seven days since well, they're pre- been their more last than seven game. days now. Yes. Yeah, for all you guys, that would actually be your we are we are Ole Miss moment of the century. There is the regional <laughs> is rained out, which 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 extends a contract. Because technically, if they don't give him notice that it's extended, that it's, it's not it's being automatically extended, rolled then it's over. automatically rolled over to four years. That's right? correct. Yes. Yeah. It'd be lighting lighting nine hundred thousand dollars on fire at that point. <laughs> Eight seventy. Something like that. Hurricane Agathus is take that. Yeah, I haven't text Keith and go, hey, just what if? Just hey, <laughs> hey. Um, so anyway. All right, we'll move to football in a second or stable football or whatever the hell it is we're talking about. First about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Siddle County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the flow down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704. Or J L O W E at communitymtg.com. 
We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford, serving the Oxford area for the past 75 years, basically. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at lamonsfinejewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. The College Corners, your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, go to collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're taping a Mind on My Money later today. It's brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle is also home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them, and they'll conduct a complimentary no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis is the guy to go to if you're thinking about planning a trip that you want, want you want to be special and create a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and uh, he will give you options you won't find on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, OPA is Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more. All of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse in Oxford. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Put a mailbag up. Sometime yesterday afternoon, it's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. I guess it's brought to you by Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Use code MPW and get $20 off. Your first order, if you want to do that, restaurant-quality shrimp. Shrimp ships straight to your door. It's less than 10 minutes from freezer to plate. Five different options. It's the uh, the signature season. It's great with everything, kind of a garlic flavor. It is uh, it is awesome to uh, doctor up and do what you want with it. Also, the two newest flavors, the garlic herb butter, which the veggies, rice, pasta, also pair with a steak or make some shrimp scampi out of it, or the Simply Shrimp, which allows you to season it yourself. It's great for kids, great for on-the-go uh traveling and more so primeshrimp.com again code mpw for twenty dollars off your first order so the uh the athletic did their state of the program on Ole miss uh stuart mandel is who uh is who wrote it a couple different things to uh to mention and some pretty obvious things um i guess also i have no idea what the exact reason but thoughts with matt corral he left the panthers practice yesterday because of a quote family tragedy but i have no idea what that is involving or or, or dealing with so, oh that's not um, good yeah he called matt rule yesterday morning at five thirty, told him whatever it was which has not been publicly disclosed and rule told him to take as much time as he would like and they will see him when he gets back 
So, but I oh. have no idea what's going on. That's awful. Yeah, I, I, I scanned the internet today, looked through it. Um, Matt had a couple pictures on his Instagram account that appeared to allude to someone's health being a problem or potentially a death, but I don't, I do not know any specifics and I hate to at all speculate. So, um, but anyway, uh, Matt Corral home in California right now, not with the Panthers during, uh, whatever is going on with, uh, with him. So, Mm. uh, yeah. So rebels returning production. I mean, this is an obvious one. They returned 10% of their passing yards from last season. That is Luke Altmyers, 192 yards from uh, his couple games. This is the funny one because I actually think they are better in the backfield, but Ole Miss returning 4% of their rushing yards from last season. Uh, yeah. But it's going to be all right. Yeah. You've got, you got guys there. there. You've got, obviously. I actually think they have a chance to be better there. Yeah, I do too. I think they are better all the way around. I think they're a little more versatile. I think the guys do different things. I think you use them in different ways. You know Evans is an elite back when he's healthy and ready to go. Absolutely. Um, Bentley gives them a change of pace that is different. The uh, When I was sitting by the Texags guy in Hoover, he was raving about Ulysses Bentley, things he had done moving around with the football there in the Metroplex mm-hmm. when he was at SMU. Uh, Bullock is their top returner at running back, 78 yards, but obviously they have, uh, they've brought in dudes there for uh, that. Quinshawn Judkins probably will play to some extent as well. Uh, receiving yards, this is the one where I still – we just don't know. I mean, you, you look at it, the thing happens when Deion Smith doesn't get eligible. He's headed to a JUCO. They return 23% of their receiving yards, and that's Mingo at 346. Yeah. And we have no idea what his health situation is. So. Uh, I wrote this yesterday. I mean, one of the mailbag questions was best case, worst case. Yeah, I saw this. And if you do it honestly, there's a lot of flux. Best case, worst case. I mean, I've seen people out there going, man, Ole Miss could go 10-2. and two. Ole Miss could go 11-1. and one. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, I, Barrett Salee yesterday did a thing. You know, best bet, best bargain. He had Ole Miss as his best bargain at like plus 3,000 to win the, to win the, league. the league or whatnot. And I get that, and I agree with that. But I think you do, not to pour cold water on it, you do have to acknowledge that you're going from a proven quarterback who was really efficient to no proven quarterback at all. And there's a lot of gambling on, and I think this is fair, there's a lot of gambling on, well, Kiffin has always made the best out of whatever quarterback he has. And there's a lot of truth to that. But you still have to see it come to fruition. And I know that internally – there was some frustration, concern even, with quarterback play in the spring. You know, it was real that they know that this offseason is really important at the position and that they know that going into the fall, they've got, they've, they've got to iron it out. They've got to figure some things out. They've got to make progress or else there are going to be struggles in a league where, yes, you're good enough to beat a lot of those teams, but they're good enough to beat you too. Like we do a lot of assuming at 10 and two, and I don't know that anybody realistically thinks this team's going 10 and two, but to get to 10 and two, you're, you're beating Auburn, you're beating LSU, you're beating Arkansas, you're beating Mississippi state. Those are all games that I think are very winnable for Ole Miss, but I also think those are games that are losable for Ole Miss too. 
Yeah, I uh, I got a little distracted there. I'll talk about it in a second. Remind me, there's a uh, Ole Miss has announced that Vaught Hemingway is being delayed from a construction standpoint. They went ahead oh. and and announced that a second ago. Uh, it's on the board for anybody who would like to listen, but don't I mean read it, but don't leave the pod to do it. It'll still be sitting there, and I'll read it to you in a second. Uh, they do get seventy two percent of their offensive line starts back from uh from last season. Obviously, most people back. They get you know, Mason Brooks sliding in, but you know, seventy two is true. I think that group has a chance to be a strength, but they have to find a sixth. They have to find a seventh. They potentially have to find an eighth. Injuries do happen. They got very lucky there last year for the most part. And shifting people around, that does create a different element. You've got Jeremy James switching over to left tackle. you got Mason Brooks coming to right tackle from Western Kentucky. Broker moving inside. So while 72 sounds really good, there is some shuffling that makes more question marks there than some other places. That's that that's not a cut and dried 72 with everybody back in one spot. There's a lot of movement that could dictate things from that standpoint. Yeah, there's some guys that have to prove um, that, that they can handle this. They're, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen Jeremy James at right tackle, but moving to left tackle is a different thing. Um, for Mason Brooks, there's going to be a, a, an adjustment, and I think he'll be fine, but it's an adjustment from playing the kind of competition that he played there to pretty much every week in this league. Mm-hmm. There's somebody on that other side that can get after you, and there's multiple of them. Um, and they struggled at center in in um, in spring. They did a lot. Snaps were not always good, inconsistent. I think they think it's going to be okay. And, and it got better as it went. Yeah, they they because I asked Lane specifically about it. He said, "Yeah, it's not a not a priority." Um, but yeah, there's. There's some assumption that goes into that offense. Like it's because Kiffin has always been able to to maximize what he had, whether it was Derrick Henry or whether it was Amari Cooper or you know whatever. He's won with Blake Sims at quarterback. He won with um, Coker. Coker, thank you. At quarterback, these are not you know household NFL names. But no, those were Alabama teams that yeah. were stacked. Yeah, as mentioned the threat: OJ Howard, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, studs though. Yeah, and it was an Alabama roster that was full defensively. They were loaded, mm-hmm. where you had some time to, you know, develop. And I think Ole Miss is going to be better defensively than people think it's going to be. I, I actually think they're going to be better on defense than they are on offense. But they have some question marks there too. They have some linebacker question marks. They, um. Have to replace Sam Williams, who was terrific last year. Speaking of tackles, tackles for loss and sacks, they returned 45, 36, and 38%. All around 40. Johnson, obviously, the leader in two of those categories. And then, uh, or I guess Cedric Johnson, the top returner in those two of those categories. And then Otis Reese, the top tackler back, 91. But although he needs to play better. He was better two years ago than he was last year. Yeah, Otis, has. he'll, he'll tell you that, that yeah. he's got to play better. They've brought in a bunch of DBs. Because there was concern about where they were. Mm-hmm. And I won't be surprised if they try to move some guys, you know, if they truly play six DBs this year and just kind of move a couple of physical ones up closer to the line of scrimmage, which makes you a little undersized, but it makes you more effective in coverage against some of the pass-happy teams that you'll play. Which is a lot. Yeah. it. There are question marks. I mean, that's why I, I – I, for Ole Miss, I think I had best case was eleven and one, and worst case was five and seven. I mean, if you tell me, hey, give them, paint me a worst case scenario that's realistic, okay, I can do it. 
and it's got losses in it. I mean, Kentucky is getting some hype. People are talking about Kentucky being a nine-win team. Um, they were, and I don't have you have the numbers in front of you. I, maybe you do. I don't know. Kentucky returns a lot yeah, of production. Not, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. It's okay. Kentucky returns a lot. Um, you know, you, you got to go to LSU. You got to go well, to Texas. Durkin's gone. Partridge calling a defense for the first time at this level. Yeah. Crumbs is co-coordinator. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of stuff there. And it's Weiss instead of uh, Levy. Yeah. There's there's stuff. There's a lot there. I mean, I, I think this team's going to be good. I I think I'm going to pick them at 8-4. and four. But if you told me they went 10-2, and two, I'm not stunned. It's, it's, it's a really talented roster. But I think you have to acknowledge that there's a recipe in place where it doesn't go great. And the back half of the schedule is just brutal. We've talked about that. They have two new nausea. specialists. Obviously, Jonathan Cruz from Charlotte is going to be the kicker, and then Fraser Mason, the uh, the punter from Australia, replacing uh, Mac Brown. So yeah. those two spots as well. Uh, the Athletics' key stats, speaking of what you just mentioned, Ole Miss lined up with six or more defensive backs on 866 out of 991 defensive plays last season. No other FBS team had even 700 plays with six or more DBs. So over 150 more snaps with 60 Bs than anybody else in the country. And they went heavy in the portal with DBs, and they did it for a reason. Yeah. They're going to play those guys. Tennyson and yeah. those dudes. Yeah, they're, they're, that's the plan. I anticipate they're going to add a another uh, defensive back today. And Rashada. Yeah. Roman Rashada. Right, yeah. The quotes from uh, opposing coaches or whatever it is. Um, got it here from an SEC defensive assistant who faced Ole Miss last season. Kiffin does a good job adapting his offense to the strengths of his personnel. He obviously likes to go fast, and when he hits on the analytics and playing fast are two things that are giving his offense a chance regardless of what his personnel is. If it's close, he's going to listen to the book more than anyone else I've ever faced for sure. Last year we thought their offensive line wasn't very good, but once again, how does he make up for it? He makes up for it by going fast and having an athletic quarterback. I got to get the ball out quick at times, and if he doesn't, he's athletic enough to run around. Their offensive line was below average, but their scheme and their speed at which they play kind of definitely helped that offensive line out. I think they have weapons everywhere with what they added in the portal. I really liked Michael Trigg out of high school. Obviously, the quarterback, Jackson Dart. And then, you know, I got one of the best, if not the most explosive receivers in the portal and the kid from UCF, the Robinson kid. Running backs Evan and Bentley, of course. The offensive line not being great will probably be negated because of all the playmakers he has everywhere else. So, an opposing defensive SEC assistant that's with fair. those uh, with those quotes. Yeah, that's fair. Interesting stat here. Um, actually, kind of like this graph a lot. They're using they're using the composite from twenty four seven, which is completely fine. But it is a graph of since twenty eighteen performance on field versus recruiting. Yeah, and how it has measured up, and it took until 2021 for those to intersect with play to actually hit their recruiting ranking, as it was well beyond, well below that the other uh, the other seasons that they are marking here, including in 2018 when they had the uh, 77th best team in the country and their recruiting ranking average was 22. Oh, that's a big difference. Yeah, the recruiting average right now is currently 24, and they were at number 11 in the country last year. Yeah. Over a four-year period. Yeah. So, there's a, there's what's your what's the number that sticks out for you when wins losses? Eight and four. Yeah. I keep coming back to eight and four. That's kind of where I get them. More than that requires kind of like last year where you hit all the coin flips. Yeah. And at some point you 
get unlucky with a coin flip. Well, you won two coin flip games in a row. Yeah. Which typically, you typically lose one of those. Yeah. So I think, I mean, if you told me to pick two numbers, it's eight and four, nine and three, but eight and four is the number I keep coming back to. Yeah. I'd go eight and four. And if you told me I was off one. And I'm almost kind of just wishing against that because of what that end looks like at seven and five, yeah, if I'm being yeah. frank. You told me I had to bet a lot of money on. I couldn't have eight and four. I could have nine or nine and three or seven and five. I think I'd go seven and five. Once the ball started, sort of. Well, just the schedule's tough at the end, and I mean it's really tough at the end. It is. There's no doubt about that. So, we'll uh, we'll talk the capital campaign change in a second. For the day, I'll tell you about Northeast Spark NESPRC two packages: the Ignite. The 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, port controls, network security, and more. So call the office for details. Get the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. You're uh, on the job hunt. They can help you. They've got uh, connections in just about every field across the board, IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, et cetera. Uh, what they do is they get to know you. They find out your strengths. They see what you're looking for in your next career move and help you find the right fit. They also can help you find quality, hard-to-find talent for your company. Just give them a call, Will, Sydney, or Kelsey at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, at servicespecialistltd.com. Brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Uh, their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine seeing something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Bell & Grove. They're based out of Chattanooga. It's a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while uh, also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They also provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. Uh, for more information, call Daryl Oliver, 865-672-6557. And, and finally, we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got sand rings, grass ring, miles of wooded trails, so much going on there, including camp season, which is uh, now in full swing. Uh, reach out to Susan Walt, to uh, Bowers Cone on 
Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Learn more about the camps coming up in throughout this month of June, 830 to 2, Monday through Friday. So a great opportunity for you there. Again, Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. So uh, a little bit of – I don't have no idea where he would be headed or anything else, but uh, some pretty major baseball portal news today is uh, Tommy White, who set the freshman all-time NCAA home oh, yeah. run record, has jumped in the portal this morning. Really? From NC State. They're in the tournament. No, they did not make the no, tournament. Oh, they're the, the left right. out That's one. right. That's right. Yeah. So he will have uh, – he'll have some NIL deals, actually. He's a guy that just the normal sports fan knows. So NIL will factor into his portal situation, which is not always the case in college baseball at all. But, yeah. What positions does he play? I don't know. Corner and voter or something. Yeah. He hits. He hits out of me. I don't know. I mean, six foot 242. Oh. Yeah. Tank. Like just, just he, he, his position is he hits. He's like yeah. the, the little league kid. Um, wonder where he's headed. Kind of think he's got a destination in mind to jump in the portal, huh? Yeah, he's from St. Pete. Oh, I don't know. That might not mean anything. It can mean absolutely nothing, actually. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I doubt it does mean anything. But he, got a uh, Tennessee feel to that. He hit 27 home runs for NC State this season. Yeah, I remember he hitting them every Oh, and frankly, not many games because they didn't make the postseason. Yeah. I mean, he would have had a chance at 30 bombs. I don't know what his league home runs are. I'm kind of curious how much he just bashed non-conference opponents. Three, four, six. Fourteen. He had fourteen homers against ACC opponents and one against East Carolina. So fifteen of his twenty-seven coming against a top eight seed or a conference opponent. Oh, pretty good. That's real good. Yeah, that's good. So. Uh, Grind, thanks for the super chats. Good question. He says, "What happens first? Kiffin has his second ten-win season at Ole Miss, or Leach has his first ten-win season at MSU?" Lane has his second. Agreed. Yeah, I, Mike's not winning ten. Uh, and then Jimbo and Pittman have their first 10-win seasons at their schools first, or Lane has his second at Ole Miss. That's a closer one. But you got to have both. It's essentially, is Arkansas or Ole Miss going to win 10 in the next three years? Because I do think A&M goes at least 10-2 and two yeah. over the next three years. I mean, are we counting bowl games? They count, yeah. Because Arkansas won nine. They did. And we're a ball in the air. Yeah. Now their schedule is freaking brutal. Yeah, they were the it's one. It's not this year. They were the one that on their. You can go a bad on their variance. I got them to three and nine. Now yeah. I got them to ten and two because I think they're going to be pretty good. But if ten and two is the ceiling, it means they're not winning ten this year. Yeah, no, not this they're year. They're changing quarterbacks next year, and Jefferson's better than gets credit for being. Yeah. Now he'll have another year though. Does he have another year? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That one's tough. That's, that's iffy there. Because I think it's Arkansas or Ole Miss. I do think A&M wins 10 games in the next three seasons. Oh, for sure. They might not win 12, but I think they win no, 10. He's going to win a national championship there. Stop. He is. Quit. He is. Quit. He is. No, he's not. Yep. Nope. Nope. You can wish it away. Nope. Too much talent. I look at these things every – we get these stuff from rivals all the time about 
top 10 remaining running backs and linebackers, and they're making predictions. A&M scattered all over that thing. I did not see the Missouri State NCAA Hotel. What's wrong with it? I'm assuming that means something's wrong with it. They put them in a red roof in somewhere that's leaking. Can you upgrade your situation yourself, or do you have to take the NCAA-mandated spots? I think you can upgrade, but you have to pay for it yourself. Yeah, sure, but you can. Yeah, Missouri State probably doesn't have the resources to pull that off. But like, where, where do they, where do they get do. sent? Where did Missouri State get sent? I don't know. Stillwater, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. They were here a few years ago. I've watched the Bears. Bed, bu- bed bugs, blood everywhere. Seriously. Triple XL panties in the room. And I was right; it was Stillwater. Oh God, really? what people are saying. That is a crazy stat. Yeah, A&M never won the Big 12. So, I mentioned a second ago, a uh, release coming out from Ole Miss here, I don't know, within the last half hour-ish, um, says, with college athletics landscape and experience, with the college athletics landscape experiencing dramatic changes, Ole Miss is altering its capital campaign timeline to adapt with the extensive overhaul of the Manning Center well underway, that is on schedule, by the way, the Champions Now campaign is moving forward with several large projects on the docket. However, among those objectives, one significant change is delaying construction plans at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Quote, while the timeline is being adjusted, we look forward to seeing Vaught Hemingway and the rest of our facility facility progress all become reality in the years ahead, said Keith Carter. College athletics have been tremendous priority shifts in recent months, which affects our campaign strategy. Those changes are coupled with global financial obstacles related to interest rates, construction costs, supply chains, etc. In addition, more foundation dollars are needed to assist teams with their growing operations budgets that are impacted by inflation. Along with the two football projects, other key plans include renovations of Oxford University Stadium, which is the baseball field, the Ole Miss Soccer Stadium, the Ole Miss Softball Complex, and the Ole Miss Golf Complex. The campaign, which launched January 1st, has generated around $40 million to date. It means that they are putting more money in NIL than all in the capital campaign because they are trying to do those at the same time, and that is an impossibility. And two, construction costs are through the freaking roof. So between construction and bonds... If they went ahead with Vault Hemingway and tried to do it on schedule, they literally would be putting between seventy and a hundred million dollars just on fire compared to what they budgeted. So it makes sense. And once you start, you can't stop. And you have seventy million that would buy <laughs> like at, four players. Well, at this point, um, at this point, you could buy seven five-star quarterbacks with that money. You don't need seven quarterbacks. Well, you, but you could buy them and sort you it out, sort it all out. You could. Like back in the day when you just signed a bunch of shortstops and you just spread yeah. them around. Yeah, one plays shortstop and everybody else, someone plays center. Someone goes to second. Someone goes to third. They found baby bottles and fake eyelashes in their room. Why are they they're at a microtel? Surely Stillwater has better hotels than that, huh? It's a college town. I've never been to Stillwater. I haven't either. I've been to Norman, but I've never been to Stillwater. How do you a microtel? Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, where are the, where, where's Arkansas staying? I don't know. What is Arkansas's hotel in Stillwater? Can we get that information? I don't know. I think Ole Miss is staying at, at a residence inn in Coconut Grove. I yeah. think I saw that. 
I mean, <laughs> Wyndham owns Microtel? I would never have guessed that. Okay, anyway. But yeah, the new that news is not shocking. Uh I th- there was going to get to a day where they had to make that decision because like I said, once you once you start, I mean, you you can't just delay the football stadium being renovated. So it has to uh it has to be on task once shovels go into the uh into the ground at that point. So um not a shock here. Uh Timmy announces his return to Gonzaga basketball that happening uh here in the last few oh, hours. He's going back. He is. Yes, that is uh I'm unable to find anything um, on what on Ar- where Arkansas is staying. I mean, that's probably not something that's just jumping out all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I was looking to see if they were having issues too, but if they are, they're they're not talking about it. I'm gonna guess that oh, we have pictures. Yeah, I saw the picture of the like Ooh. it was like a bloody mattress. Yeah, Aaron Fitz says this is gross and unacceptable, and to be frank, with the thread just keeps getting worse and worse. There's lots of photos. Oh. Oh my God! I mean, I, how? Okay, that's crazy. Anyway, okay. Don't think there's anything else uh, from SC meeting media days. I think we're sorry, meeting are those media days. are those like roaches or something? I, oh I, my I, gosh! Yeah, I didn't want to click the picture and make it larger. I mean, that's rough. I don't know how that happens. You'd like to bet on the NBA and you'd like to bet on the Warriors, you are, uh, you're not alone. They are one, minus 150 favorites to capture the NBA championship, meaning you've got to give up one and a half to get one back. Um, 87% of the money so far has been bet on the Warriors to win yeah. the finals. 87%. Yeah. Boston's path to a title's razor thin. Two very significant sharps, however, have put money on the Celtics that are the two largest bets in the uh, in Vegas right now. Well, they have a chance to win. And if you get one and a half to one in a seven-game series, sure. I'll take my chances yeah. and see what happens. Um, I mean, it's Jason Tatum. They got them at, one, at plus 145 and plus 140 for those two bets. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, they're... Also put a lot of money on a money line for them on uh, game one. On Boston. Uh, yes, that is correct. Um, Golden State is a three-and-a-half point favorite in the opener. Okay. Yeah, there was a C- – uh, Caesars Sportsbook took a $100,000 bet on the Celtics. Okay. Boston opened the year as a 50 to one long shot to win the NBA championship. And I bet Boston, some of those that people just bought some tickets to buy some tickets. Well, they haven't been to the finals. It's been 14 years. There's probably some people out there that's got some, that's holding some, some cards on them a little bit. So that tonight, uh, opening up again on the, uh, on the West coast, a time for that is eight o'clock central for that game. That is on ABC Mm. to, uh, tonight. For that one again, Rangers winning six two over the Lightning. They lead one zero in their series, and then the Avalanche beat the Oilers eight to six last night or two nights ago. Sorry, so they lead one zero in the Western Conference Finals in the uh, in the NHL. So 
All right, uh, we will have a show for you. I don't know exactly who's going to be on it or what, but you'll have a podcast to uh, close out the week, and then Ole Miss, uh, again, 6 o'clock is the schedule. We'll let you know if we hear any, any changes. We'll see what the weather's going to do. I have a hunch by 10 or 11 in the morning, we'll have a pretty good idea of what's settling in for the day and the weekend there in uh, in Miami. So stay locked in, rebelgrove.com in the meantime, and we will talk to you again.